Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. The Phillies are in the desert. Up to nothing against the Arizona Diamondbacks. Jeff Mosher, is this how you planned it? Absolutely how I drew it up, Frank. You get perfect pitching, basically perfect pitching, and you get... Um, a slug, a team slugging percentage. I think that right now is over 550, something ridiculous <laughs> like that. Um, you're going to win a lot of games that way. Get some really good bullpen outs too. I mean, um, there's a really good marriage going on between everything that the, uh, the Phillies are doing. There's no one area, even D and, you know, sort of underrated is how good they've been defensively. Uh, Boehm, Trey Turner, since that loss against the Braves, um, they've been, oh, Rojas, of course, in center field, been really good defensively. It's hard exactly. to find an area right now where you say, eh, I wish the Phillies would do it. Maybe a couple of walks out of the bullpen that, that give you a little uh, agita in the late innings, but <laughs> that's it. <laughs> so, so let's talk about a lot of these different things. I mean, bullpen, I mean, Sir Anthony is all over the place. I mean, that's, that's, that's the only thing I can point to. And, you know, he yep. might get a clean inning, but that's because we saw the Braves get themselves out. But, uh, you know, I think he's, the, we saw Rob Thompson. Do the quick hook lately, and, and you know, let Alvarado clean up the mess. <laughs> but, uh, but, but other than that, I really don't have have much to complain about here. Uh, as, as the Phillies go uh, two and zero oh at home, uh, you know, I just, I'm just like so, kind of shocked. I'm still kind of in shock just how overmatched the the Diamondbacks looked. Now, I thought the Phillies had the edge. Now, of course, the first two games were supposed to be the difficult ones because. The Diamondbacks were throwing up their two really good starters in Zach Gallen and Merrill Kelly, and they were no match for this Phillies team. No, I had a feeling. Do you remember what we talked about in the, the preview podcast this series? Guys, the left-handers, um, specifically Schwarber, probably being really happy to see right-handed pitching that doesn't throw like Strider. You know, I mean, clearly Schwarber was guessing. He was trying to catch up to 100 miles per hour. The ball's coming in on his hand. Strider had him bottled up and same thing with with Stott who I think was the only guy to swing at the changeup or the only guy to see a changeup from Strider um but then once and not that Merrill Kelly and uh and Zach Allen are bad but they're not throwing 99 to 101 at you and I had a feeling that that was going to wake Schwarber up a little bit and um you know and, and the second part of that is th- those Arizona Diamondbacks pitchers really did leave some balls right down Broadway for those guys to pounce on so that didn't help <laughs> their case, but I felt like the lefties, especially Schwarber, 
uh, Harper. They were just look, licking their chops to face right-handed pitching that wasn't throwing 100 miles per hour. And you couldn't make a mistake against them, and those pitchers did. They left too much up, and and they they paid the price for it. And the Diamondbacks offense, also usually pretty good, but been relative – well, not relatively. They've been literally <laughs> silent in game two, but overall pretty pretty darn silent so far. Yeah. The Phillies are doing to the Diamondbacks um, what the Diamondbacks sort of did to the Dodgers, right, which is like pounce on the starting pitching, any mistake they make, take it out of the ballpark, manufacture some runs, which the Phillies are actually doing a little bit of when they're not hitting solo home runs. You know, I, I thought the two things about the Diamondbacks. I thought, A, they had to steal one with one of their two aces going. They didn't. B, I thought they were going to have to be an active team on the base paths to win this game. And it really started in game one. Didn't Corbin Carroll lead off the, the first with a single or a walk or something? Yes. He got on base. Yeah, he got on base right? to start the whole thing. But but he, he didn't do anything. He he sort of just sat there, which is sort of not what got the Diamondbacks to where they are. I mean, they're an aggressive team. They play young. They play on in. Uh, un, they're supposed to be not scared, but it seemed like they got into this moment and they they didn't do what you thought that they would do. Well, you know, they, the pitchers left balls high and their base runners have not been that aggressive. The one guy who scares the crap out of me is Ketel Marte, and he actually mm-hmm. has had some hits, but... He's up with nobody on base a lot of times. So when he gets his hits, he gets on base, and it, and the Phillies have regulated the damage there. So how much of this is this home crowd just being intimidating? I, mean, I, I, I you know, I've heard a lot nationally talking about the Phillies fans. It's all been like super positive, <laughs> you know. To even mm. even draw comparisons between Citizens Bank Park noise. And the Venezuela a World Baseball Classic game in the Dome in Miami for 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 volume. I, I, no right. one's now. Every other team that's still in the playoffs is in a dome, and they're not being mentioned. But everybody's talking about right. the Phillies fans, and it's all positive. Yeah. Aren't you actually concerned that when they go out there to the Diamondbacks, who probably aren't going to sell out, and where you can get tickets for like twelve? I'm a little concerned that the juice is not going to be there because the the Phillies are going to be bored. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I'm, let, let, Even the Atlanta brought, crowd makes a little noise, Frank. <laughs> since you brought it up, and I was I was planning on talking about this. So as of us recording this on Tuesday morning, there's still plenty of tickets available on SeatGeek uh, for the Phillies and Diamondbacks. 15 bucks a pop. <laughs> the crazy. Last night, they were as low as $5 each. <laughs> I'm like I'm like embarrassed for the Diamondback. Like this is going to be all Phillies fans. A lot of Phillies fans are just like, oh, what the hell? I'm just going to fly out there and go to this damn game. There's going to be some noise there, Jeff. Yeah, I you know sometimes you feel like sometimes towns don't deserve championship level teams or good teams, and you know this is one of those examples where like what else? Even even the the Rays fan who has had they have an excuse. It's really hard to get to that stadium. They built it in a terrible spot. But in the playoffs, it's the worst stadium see, ever. It is the worst stadium ever. In the playoffs, you'll see them come out a little bit and show. This is kind of embarrassing for the Diamondbacks. And, you know, I don't know. I know they didn't expect their team to be here, but my God, that's actually partly, that's part of the fun when you don't expect your team to be this far and they're far. That's what you rally around. And uh, I'm, I'm serious about the, the Phillies' ability to sort of, I'm sure they'll be up for the game. And, and you know, again, Diamondback pitching from here on out. Get back to Gallon if they get back to Gallon is pretty shaky, right? They're starting um, fat. Who uh, I don't even 
know Hot. much about, and then they may have to have a bullpen game in game four. That's um, already been announced. <laughs> that's already been announced. So, yeah. so I mean, everything lines up pretty well here for the Phillies, but I, I think it's going to be culture shock for them to be in a stadium where the fans are like, hey, this is all right, you know. But but is it? I'm like embarrassed for them though. It's it's like they saw game two and then they're like, nope, I'm not going. Like well, like literally, the ticket prices dropped so dramatically after game two, and where the Phillies embarrassed. I guess they embarrassed the fans, and the fans are just like, ah, I'm not going to show up. So I I feel like there's the noise is going to be for the Phillies fans out there. Yeah, well, let me let me remind our our listeners, some of who are maybe younger and don't remember this, um, when the Diamondbacks. Became a friend. They were one of the last. They, I think, they were the among the last expansion teams into yeah, the league. Yeah, the Rays and the Diamondbacks were the last. Rays two. and Diamondbacks, right? When they entered the league, they tried to sort of fast track their growing process, and they signed up. You know, they got Randy Johnson, and they made it to the World Series, and they beat the Yankees. Uh, I have a friend who who passed away, and he's a huge Giants fan, San Francisco Giants fan, and he hate hated the Diamondbacks not because he thought saw them as a threat. But he remembered that the Diamondbacks went broke trying to put this all-star team assembled, you know, that actually did well. They went broke and had to borrow money from the rest of Major League Baseball to stay afloat. And that's what enabled them to get (laughs) to the World Series. And he never – he always held that against them. He used to call them the Filthy Snakes franchise. Um, So, you know, I'd like to think he'd be pretty happy right now that they're they're getting embarrassed on the national scene in the playoffs. But – that that team has struggled to draw and and generate like, you know, sort of the way the Rays have <laughs> at times. Um, but he I, that you say that it's embarrassing for them and it is, but their whole history is sort of filled with kind of not being able to be the really catchy thing in Arizona sports. <laughs> I forgot all about that. So when Ken Kendrick took over the team, he started paying back the debt as part of the deal. Yeah. But Bernard Gilkey, remember him? He got paid oh, all the yeah. way until twenty seventeen. He got yeah, not not as bad as Bonds, but they they owed him money for a long time as part of settling that debt. So yeah, uh, but, Bonilla, yeah right? You said Bonds. I think you meant Bonilla. I mean Bobby Bonilla. Excuse me. Yes, yeah, of yeah. course, Bobby <laughs> Bonilla. Jeez, I guess you're talking Giants threw me off. But yeah, but like uh, Bernard Gilkey got paid all. <laughs> Who, who I remember as a Cardinal more than anything, right? But he ended up playing with the Diamondbacks, and they had to spread yeah. out his. Pay I remember all him as a time. Met, Frank. He had a great one year. I think he made. He was the Mets' only All Star in like '94 or something when the Mets were really terrible in the '90s, but throwing money at a lot of people. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. He, he came up with the Cardinals mostly. Yeah, most success. The one the Mets. <laughs> yeah. So anyway. Um... Yeah, that was the uh, the 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 original owner spent the money on the likes of Jay Bell and yep. paid Jay Bell way too much money and <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> um, yeah. But you know, I I think the, I think the fans out there now, if if fans are familiar with you mentioned the Tampa Bay area, a lot of a lot of us are familiar with the Tampa Bay area thanks to spring training and whatnot. But I think I think Phoenix is not unlike Tampa in that they have a lot of people that work for companies that move there and so they're from somewhere else so i don't yes. think there's been a generation yet to really be behind the team uh so but but still like if if they're in your town i have a buddy from college who lives out there now and i'm sure he will be there i haven't talked to him uh lately i'm sure he'll be there um he's the company he works for sent him out there that's you know that's how a lot of people are going there and why it's becoming such a big market but it really is a market size that eclipses philadelphia so 
there's really no excuse for their fans doing this to the baseball team. No, I agree with you. I mean, again, I, the, the fact that they can't rally about, around a team that wasn't supposed to be there and has one of the most exciting players in baseball in Corbin Carroll, young players in baseball who had a hell of a rookie year. That'd be rookie of the year. Yeah. yeah, No this, doubt about it, it. Yeah, no doubt about it. He's a really good player, and it's a shame that he's going to be probably on the Yankees in five years or something like that because that's the this is what the Diamondbacks are, right? I mean, they're, they're a flash-in-the-pan organization. Sometimes it comes together, and then they wind up their talent leaves because they have to go trade guys to get pitching or something like that. Yeah. So you know, Goldschmidt, right? He was a he was a Diamondback. Got traded. Uh, Arenado was he a Diamondback? No, he was a Rocky. No, no, he was a Rocky. I'm sorry, because that's a similar thing there. Um, but yeah, you can go look throughout the league and find some pretty good Diamondbacks who then went on and succeeded elsewhere. It's funny. I beginning of of the year, you and even in the last couple of trade deadlines, you expected the Diamondbacks to sell off some of their pieces. So among the players I advocated the Phillies trading for are Christian Walker. You know when Hoskins mm-hmm. went down. And Merrill Kelly, the last couple of trade deadlines, uh, because yep. uh, the, you know he he's a nice nice pitcher, would do very nicely on another team, uh, but but yeah, so I, I I just I just can't believe one that there's this many tickets available, and two how cheap they are, and it, it's just I, I it just boggles the mind that especially since game two they've just poof, given up on their team. Now let's talk about other embarrassing things too. I, I didn't know if I, I should be embarrassed for the Diamondbacks, but who subs out players in the NLCS, Jeff? <laughs> like, like great, great point. <laughs> but I didn't know if Rob Thompson was doing the right thing, doing the wrong thing, sending sending Edmundo Sosa and Jake Cave up there to hit. Of course, Jake Cave hits a double. <laughs> I'm like, like is it is is that is that like? kicking them when they're down or is it is it the right thing to do not to run up the score i couldn't figure out which. oh no no i don't think i don't think it was either of that it was like let me you know we got this game in the bag let me just not overwork you know i had actually thought um stott on the he went from first to second and he saw him sort of grab the back of his thigh area and i got really nervous i thought maybe he tweaked a hammy right so um and in that moment i was thinking man you know you know phillies go up a few runs here Maybe it is okay to start. So you're right. You almost never see that in a playoff game. But the way the Phillies were hitting the ball and the way their bullpen had been, and you know the Diamondback lineup again, like the Braves lineup is a better lineup than the Diamondback lineup. But yeah, so once you got up to you know it was a five nothing. Um, no, that was game. I'm thinking game one. Yeah, game I, one, I they up to five, and then they let them back in with a couple of runs. So. Right, right, right. Once they got to uh, at the end of the six, and it's six nothing, then they got four more in the seventh. Yeah, I, I was. I thought that that was the right thing to do. Actually, I'm a little worried about Harper. He's, you know, he's he. We're we're seeing that whole wear and tear impact of him playing first base. He's had to stretch. He's had to dive. He made a, some really nice defensive plays too. And I'm thinking, all right, we can get him out now, right? <laughs> Yeah, so so I, I I didn't know how I felt about that. I just I just thought maybe it was <laughs> they should have just gone about their business and not drawn attention to the fact that they were they were smacking the diamondback around diamondbacks around so so you well. Think Topper I, did Topper did that to rub it I, in or no? I don't think so. But I didn't I didn't know if they would take it that way. I mean, it, certainly the fans took it that way if they don't want to watch them anymore. But uh, I did I did look it up. Uh, the nineteen ninety six NLCS, the Braves actually won two different games. One was fifteen to nothing. One was fourteen. 
fifteen to nothing. So it was not the biggest shutout in the NLCS, uh, <laughs> but right. but still a very very uh, convincing victory, I would say, uh, going forward. All right, so let's break down then the the the, uh, the pitching going forward. Phillies have uh, cool as a cucumber Ranger Suarez for Game Three today, and the and the and the Diamondbacks have Brandon Fott who pitched a total of seven innings the last round. I no, I think this is this is this is where I had the Phillies beating the Diamondbacks. And I, you know, I thought if the Phillies could take the first two, they have a real shot at a sweep here because Fott just kind of okay this regular season had to be sent to AAA. Uh they mm-hmm. they they don't have anybody else, which is unfortunate. And so there's gonna be a bullpen game and and on game four. I mean that that to me, even if the Phillies are Throwing up uh, Taiwan Walker hasn't pitched in a while and and struggled a little bit at times. I I think this overwhelmingly favors the Phillies. Is that definite Taiwan Walker over Taiwan Sanchez? Walker? Yep. Okay. Um, I find that to be interesting. Uh, yeah. No. I, and by the way, to your point about like who substitutes players right in playoff games, how many times do you see back to back playoff series where the team sort of has to go into game three, not four or five, game three? sort of saying, ah, you know, remember against the Braves, Snitker didn't know who he wanted to pitch. Do I pitch Bryce Elder? Do I pitch the kid uh, Smith Shaver? I'll go with Elder. Like, who does that in the playoffs? And here the, the Phillies are fortunate enough to have a, a second straight team saying like, ah, I guess we got to go with Brandon Fott here because we really don't have anything better. I mean, that that kind of tells you about the state of pitching in general in major leagues, but what while we focus on offense, right, all the home runs and Schwarber and Harper, I mean, what you're getting from Nola, what you're getting from Wheeler, and Suarez, to have Suarez, who's not great but really good, he becomes great. He becomes such an asset as your third pitcher because you're looking around at all these other teams and they can't, they can't even find a number three. You know, the yeah, Astros yeah. can because they're deep in pitching. But the yeah. Rangers – had to throw out, you know, just to use an example, the Texas Rangers had to throw out Max Scherzer, who ordinarily would be a great number three, but he's coming off an injury that Verlander also had. Verlander wasn't right when he came off that injury. Scherzer is coming off the same injury. They they had to throw him out. They had no other choice. He got beat up. Yeah, <laughs> I, I heard this nationally. A lot of people were saying that the Phillies, of all the playoff teams, had the best one, two, three, and mainly because... Well, well, one, of course, Wheeler and Nola, but yep. but two, nobody else has a, a number three. I mean, Scherzer, you know, after not pitching, after being on the IL, you kind of almost expected he would struggle last night against the Astros and ends up giving up five runs and, and doesn't go deep at all. So, you know, I, I think this is a uh, <laughs> Ranger Suarez as the number three. Oh my gosh, I know I know some people were nervous uh, mm-hmm. given his injury, but man, he's he's. He's the best one out there. It's it's and and probably by a by a mile. <laughs> That's the crazy part about it. And the, the the thing is, Noah and Wheeler are clearly the best one two combo right now in the playoffs. And if you want to say Suarez one two three, and and how many Cy Youngs among all all of them? Yeah, right zero zero Cy Young award. They're they're as steady as they get. They can be dominant, but none of them are considered a top five pitcher in the game. I don't think. You know, that's because Wheeler and Noah both get off to really bad April and Mays, but you would call them top five October pitchers now. And Noah, not so much in his career, but all of a sudden he suddenly he's become that. So, and even the Astros with all the pitching they have, you know, 
Verlander's done a nice job coming back for them, and Framber's had a good year. Framber Valdez, Christian Javier is not the guy that we he, he we saw last year combining, you know, to be the starter of a no hitter. Yeah, really. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean Nate Eovaldi has been fantastic, but he's not a top five pitcher either. So it's it's a very odd set of of teams left here. Um, but clearly, when you have Nola Wheeler and Suarez, I, I think that gives them the advantage over almost any team that's out there right now. As long as they pitch this way, is it too presumptuous to think that the Phillies are just going to take games three and four? I mean, I, 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 I just feel like this heavily favors the Phillies. I'm not trying to be a homer. I'm not trying to, I'm, I'm not trying to. I don't know. I'm not trying to like be over the top, but I, I, I just have a hard time seeing this going five. Uh, I've been trying to avoid that line of thinking, but it is really, really difficult. Now, listen, game four. You're saying like you know Taiwan Walker versus a bullpen. Now a bullpen's a great advantage game for the Phillies, right? They're they're facing a bullpen, and it's not like the Arizona bullpen is great, by the way, either. So that's an advantage. But you know Taiwan Walker hasn't pitched in quite a while, um, and it, he he didn't end the season on the greatest note either. So could that be one of those eleven nine games that the Diamondbacks pull out? Maybe we'll see. But I, I sort of think that depends on what happens in tonight in Game Three. I mean, if you get 3-0 on the Diamondbacks. They don't have a great home crowd to rally them. They're a young team. They, you might just be sending them home, honestly. They they might be like, you know what? We were, we were awesome. No one expected us to be here. We're down 3-0. We got a lot of golf to play. Let's get there, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, they, they often say that, and we saw this even with the 2007 Phillies. It was like, yeah, we made the playoffs. And then it was like, oh, yep. after, after the Rockies just sort of steamrolled them over. Yeah. And then they came back fighting in a different way in 2008 because they're by 2008 they're like damn it i ain't going home <laughs> right <laughs> and right. i see that in this phillies team this year you know that they're they're like i'm not going home <laughs> like I yeah they're, they're like i didn't come this far just to just to just to to lose now so i see that in in this team like i saw in the 2008 team that that that's 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 something the diamondbacks haven't gotten yet because they they just haven't been here no no i, I love that and I, and you know what has been I've been thinking about the, this Phillies team sort of reminds me a little bit maybe it's too much of an obvious parallel but of the 2015 Royals team you know they lost in 2014 in the World Series to the Giants Bochi uh by the way this boat the the longer Bochi is around in this playoff series the the more nervous I get but that that's for a later <laughs> date um but yeah they lose to the, I think that was the series where Bumgarner won two games and then closed out yeah, and then they gave him a win for that too. I think, even though it could have technically been a been a save. <laughs> right, right. So they lose, and the Royals had good talent. They had some veterans. They wanted to win. You know, they came back the next year. They were back in the World Series, and they finished the job against the Mets. Yeah, Bumgarner, technically a member of the 2023 Diamondbacks. Like, they, yeah. He was pitching for them in their rotation to start the year. Believe it or not, and is he hurt? Where is he? They What's released under- him. He he didn't have anything left. Oh, so man. yeah, he got released. Uh, Probably, about, I was actually I was surprised that the Diamondbacks released him because it signaled to me they were serious. You know, I think I think when they signed them, they're like, okay, this 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 will be a veteran arm to eat a bunch of innings, and we'll just you know it'll get us through. But hey, they pivoted and said, you know what, we're we're going to try to win. So I give them some credit. I it's not a podcast. It's I can't remember which one. Um, might have been with with my buddy Matt Rogers who asked me early on, like, okay, well, who has the better chance of sticking around of some of these playoff teams that that were that are that are involved and I did say the Diamondbacks. I'm you know it's it's really hard to 
really hard looking at the West and, and seeing, you know, the Dodgers were struggling a little bit. They gave them some, some room to get in there. And then the Giants, of course, fell apart in typical Kapler fashion, and which led to him losing his job. Uh, they've got a lot of really nice pieces. Now, I think that the, the, the question for them is then how, how could they retool for next year? Because every team is going to want to add a bunch of starters. I mean, the Phillies are going to need to do something, right? I mean, yep. uh, you know, even, even though they're, <laughs> we're talking about how good they are compared to everybody else. You know, you don't want to, you know, lose Nola if you lose Nola and not replace him. But, but anyway, my point is that the teams like the Diamondbacks are going to be out there starting, uh, looking for starting pitching and, you know, they, 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 they're, they're, go- they're going to be the hungry team next year that, that's going to say, man, we, if only we had a little bit, a little bit more ammo here. And I think they're going to be active this, this offseason. Uh, I would be if I were them because they have some good young talent. They've got some good hitters, you know, and I, I would, if I was them, I'd want to keep Walker around. I don't know when he's up on a, on a contract. He's got one more not. year left. He's got one more year. I would just want to extend him now to, to keep him away from that one year. He's a good player. Um, <laughs> You know, Carroll, of course, great player. Marte, really good player. I feel like they need a bigger bopper. Um, you know, Tommy Pham right now is like, what, batting third for them? Nice player, but, you know, he's not in that. You know, you look at the Braves lineup, right? And you got a lot of boppers there. Um, Moreno's a good catcher. Gurriel's a good player. They they have some guys who are just good hitters and make contact and smart players. But I feel like with if you got Carroll and Walker, you need one more bopper. But, of course, they're going to obviously need a starter. Uh, and some bullpen help too. I, the, it would not surprise me at all, Frank, if the Diamondbacks were not in the playoffs next year because they just don't have that sort of history of being able to build towards something and sustain it. Hmm. Well, let's uh, let's talk. About, I did want to bring up a couple things uh, about about the uh, Wheeler start. So he, he removed after only eighty-one pitches. So um, is he kind of falling off the shelf? quickly is that something to worry about for the world series uh it seems like uh seems like a third time around the lineup he's been hitting a wall lately i just just curious to your thoughts on that well i mean that's <laughs> this goes back to the question of why he got removed last year to against jordan alvarez right uh for alvarado and there it was such a polarizing thing he was pitching so great but the statistics tell you that third time around and it's not just playoffs right it's it's kind of him and Nola throughout the seasons um, have been those guys that are pretty much good to give you seven at most. And then you want to move on because they get a little bit hittable. And it's, it's weird because it's not like his velocity. It's not like his movement is all that off, but he Wheeler has some good natural movement. And when it doesn't happen, then it sort of gets left out there. And and obviously he's not a 9,900 guy. So you can catch up to it if he if that movement goes away a little bit. So I think Topper plays it really well, limiting the, when you get six or seven things out of those guys and you're up ahead. Go to your bullpen because you have great arms in your bullpen. Yeah, well, with all the days off, the, yeah, with all the days off you get during the playoffs, which with there are a lot of them, more of that in a second, uh, it really does give you the option to just run through your bullpen, right? I mean. I guess the one the one time that you worry about it is when they play three games in a row in the middle, right? But yes, but other than which is a great time for a bullpen game, right, Arizona? Um, but uh, but beyond that, I mean, you have the ability to to bring them back fresh uh, coming up. So, um, so yeah. So anyway, I just wanted your thoughts on that. I mean, I, I think I think yeah, if you get six out of them, even 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 though it's only six and there are three to go, good time to good time to use good time to use the bullpen there. So. Uh, so I think that's something. Uh, that's something that 
I can understand, you know, again, mm-hmm. in, in light of past debates. So, right. Uh, all right, then. So who would have home field, by the way, in the World Series? Does it matter on let's the, say the Phillies advance? If the Phillies face the Astros, it would uh-huh. be home field for the Phillies. If the Phillies face the Rangers, it'll be home field for the Rangers. And it would it be two games, day off, three, no matter what? Correct. Okay. That's yeah, important. and actually I, I, I tend to I tend to prefer in the World Series, I prefer starting on the road because if you could take one of those and you come home to the yep. Citizens Bank Park and, and so I don't think it's such a bad thing if the Phillies don't have home field. Because remember two thousand eight, that's what happened, right? They started out in, in, in Tampa yes. Bay. And yep. they they took one of them, and then they came home, took care of business, you know. So I, yes. I think it's I think it's a uh, I think it's actually a good thing. That's just after my... the rain delay, <laughs> after the long longest rain delay in the history of rain delays, man. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that would that would be one thing that I would look look forward to is is, is seeing that. Oh, I, I do want to ask though, because when you look at the schedule, so if let's say Phillies do take care of business quickly and then take games three and four, and if they don't, they have Zach Wheeler in game five, so you're feeling kind of good about that. If there is no game five, if there's no game six, that means the series ends on Friday night tomorrow. Mm-hmm. The World Series is not until the following Friday. That, yep. That's a long layoff. Are you worried about that layoff? Well, um, I'm I sort of <laughs> I sort of hope it happens and then you know the Phillies like have a really awesome game one against either Houston or Texas, so we can put the red the to, to rest like the whole all oh, layoffs are gonna are killer and that's why the Braves lost and everything like that. Everybody has to deal with it at some point or another. And um yeah I guess I'd be concerned, but I'm not quite sure how long this, that Houston Texas series is gonna go either. I mean even with Houston winning the other night, it's like they took this huge lead and Texas kept coming back and it, it was a lot closer than you think. And you know that series might only go five. We'll I, see. You know I don't we'll I don't goes. know. I I, I think I think Houston's bats showed you last night that they're not out of it. So, no, and, yeah, definitely. And, and I mean, if Scherzer's your game three starter, you know, we'll see what they do in game four. But that's I a mean, great point because they're make... going bullpen. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know it it's crazy. Blows my mind that this is this is the way that people are are handling playoff games. So, yeah. So Andrew Haney, uh, who used to be a prospect and hung around in Major League Baseball, because let's face it, if you could pitch okay you hang around but the former top prospect for i guess he could come up with it angels right well he was with the angels but he was with the dodgers he was with the marlins like oh that's right trying to to keep track of of where he came from originally i guess he came originally from miami Mm -hmm. uh but was a top prospect uh you know he he's going to get the ball first but but he has not been starting this postseason so uh, this is going to be i think this is the opportunity for for the the Astros to level it up today, I can see. I I actually disagree with you. I think this 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 series could go uh, six or seven. It could, it could. I I have forgotten briefly that the, the the Texas had to have another bullpen game, but I, I think Texas has been really scrappy. I mean, you know, even when they were down against the Astros, uh, they were they were still hitting in the sixth, seventh, eighth inning. Young hit homers twice, so I don't know. We'll see how it goes, but. I, I do agree that if Houston is able to win game four, then I can see this becoming a seven gamer. Yeah. Jose or Katie will take the ball tonight for the Astros. Although, you know, he kind of struggled down the stretch and I really on 2023 as a whole, I mean, he was, he was not the pitcher he was in 2022. 
He had 529 ERA lit this past season, and he's only yep. gotten the ball once in the postseason so far. So I don't know. I don't know, Jeff. This is going to be a uh, an interesting. Uh, I'm sure I'll stay up and watch it, <laughs> but uh, this will be an interesting ALCS too. I think I, if, if the Houston Astros level it up today, man, then I don't know. They could, they could, they could, they could wear themselves out battling each other, and then <laughs> Phillies will be nice and rested. But again, if if you're worried about the rest, right? Because I think didn't didn't we learn rest is bad now, right? Yeah, that, yeah. the the Braves are rest terrible. Can't have rest. <laughs> even though it gives you a great opportunity to set up your pitching staff the way you although have here's people. a here's a thing though even if even if they went wheeler and nolan five and six they still because there's a couple days off there's still enough time for them to come back and pitch <laughs> pitch two games each in the world series so right. i think the pitching right. will be pitching will be set up just fine so the my only uh, question I, would be I is agree. if you're worried about that no i got the only the advantage is if you don't have to play that then you get those guys lined up and they don't have that extra start underneath them so they're they're extra fresh so those guys really perform well when when they have more rest so i'd be thrilled with it hey i wanted to ask you game one the five three win the phillies oh, were you surprised we talked about it a little bit but i they were warming up hoffman right after wheeler was going to come out and instead they went with sir anthony and i was a little surprised by that i, I do you think that the Braves game giving up the home run to Riley kind of changed Topper's view? Or do you think that they're still just trying to get Sir Anthony to be the Sir Anthony of old? I mean, at so that point, here, it was here's, five nothing. I think I have the answer. I, I think that I think that Topper prefers to bring in Hoffman to put out a fire and prefers to give Sir Anthony a clean inning. So Hoffman was not needed to put out a fire. So he sat back down. They mm-hmm. gave Dominguez the clean inning, and then later on they had Hoffman warming in case he needed to put out a fire. So I, th- I, I feel like they, they trust Hoffman to come in and get a ground ball and get them out of a mess. Right. I don't think they would like to put Dominguez into a situation with runners on, so that they would prefer to give him the clean inning because, as mm-hmm. we've seen, his command's a little all over the place still. Yeah. Oh, and it really is. Yeah. If they're not getting their, uh, I, I mean, I would. Personally, I'd shy away from Dominguez if it was a high leverage situation. Right. In fact, he's he he could. I mean, I understand why they pitched Kirkering uh, at the end of game two, and then uh, Strom at the end of game two because they just wanted to get them work and get them used to pitching more because there was an off day mm-hmm. because they want to use those guys. But you know, if there's any other ten ten nothing games, how about you let him pitch some and try to pitch some of this? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I mean. Not that not that you want to embarrass the Diamondbacks too much, but I mean, who knows? Maybe there'll be an opportunity to um, to to get them into games. But I, I I would not. I don't like what I see out of Dominguez. I just think his command is just way off. I don't think it's coming back this this postseason all of a sudden. No. I mean, if you're stuck, if you're stuck, like I, I saw him close out a game where he ba- loaded the bases uh, towards the end of the season. I can't remember when it was exactly, but. But at the end of the day, like he inspires a lot of swings and misses. So a lot mm-hmm. of people get themselves out against him when he's wild. True. So, I mean, I would I would keep him in the the back, but I I I I don't know. He he's making me a little too nervous, Jeff. Yeah, I mean, listen, I feel like he's he, when he's on, he's very confident, right? And then you see the emotion, and you know he walks the leadoff better, which you should never freaking do. I mm-hmm. get it, Christian Walker. And then you get the ground ball back to you and <laughs> throw it 
five miles wide of Trey Turner. And I think in like, man, that was an easy throw right there. You're, you're, he, the guy puts himself in trouble more than anything. And to me, that just signaled that he's, he's fighting himself all over the place. Yeah. His pitching, his fielding, his composure. And I don't want that in a high leverage situation. No, I, I I think they need to do their best to shy away. I understand you probably can't at all times, but uh, but yeah, if it wasn't for Gabe Moreno throwing the throwing a <laughs> throwing that ball down the first base line, I mean, I I think that made you feel better because then they each they each contributed yes. to their own undoing a little bit. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe yeah, I would have went Kirkering there if I didn't want to use Hoffman. Um, but it seems like they're still also very choosy and selective in the spots with him too. So I, you know, I, I would not hesitate. I would prefer if I'm going to use Kirkering to do it at the end of the lineup, uh, if yes. there's an opportunity, but I, you know, I think, I think seeing him pitch again yesterday was, was a way of, uh, excuse me, not yesterday on Tuesday mm-hmm. was a way of saying, Hey, let's, let's, let's make sure we, he has what we think he has because we might need him later. Yeah. Good point. So. All right, Jeff. Well, two, uh, we'll see him play through these two games, and then I suppose we should reconvene and and, and talk some more. Uh, whether whether they they win these two or not, I'm feeling like I'm feeling like the Phillies have this. Uh, you know, of course they have to play the games. Like they shouldn't be too presumptuous, but right. I think this heavily leans Phillies, and I think we're going to be seeing uh, the Phillies play to the last game of the year gonna be a great thing i expect it to be a great <laughs> thing and i can't wait to uh, do the next pod with you and see what we got to say well en- enjoy the phillies enjoy the alcs because i think that bears some watching too but oh it's been fun yeah it's been fun there'll be a lot of lot, i just i this is just so nice that there's all this baseball still happening right you know so gosh when we <laughs> we've come a long way jeff <laughs> we really have <laughs> It's a nice bridge, man, right? To the second yeah. half of the NFL season. And then on, then you wake up and you're like, oh, February 4th. Like, pitchers and catchers are reporting in like a month. This is great. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I love that, too. So, all right, Jeff. So this has been the Powder Blue Podcast. Jeff Mosher, Frank Close. We'll be in touch.